0: You're listening to Geeks Unleashed,
1: a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture.
0: I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London.
1: And I'm Jasmine in Texas.
0: Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 59.
1: If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five star reviews help us get found by more listeners. So please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser.
0: Well, I'm Mark, and this week we are joined as normal by my co-host, Jasmine. Hello. And we are also joined by our guest host, Erin, from Girls Talk Comics.
1: Hello. Thank you for joining
0: us. (laughs) Thank
2: you for inviting me.
0: (laughs) Um, For this week's review, we are tackling the 24th feature from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the first film to kick off phase four, which is Black Widow.
1: And spoiler warning: This is a review show, so if you have not seen Black Widow either in the cinema or on Disney Plus, you might want to pause this and come back later. Otherwise, we are about to spoil all of it, including the post credits. All of it is getting spoiled.
0: <laughs> um, hopefully by now most people have seen it that wanted to see it. I think a bit like, unlike Fast Nine that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago, where I, well, I yeah, think this
1: is good. more readily accessible because it's on Disney Plus as well. Yeah. I think Fast Nine probably would have been better served if it had some sort of digital buy-in option as well it's just my thought on that
0: yeah um anyway thanks for joining us Aaron. i like, um, i know we have been trying to get you on for a while now so cheers appreciate you uh coming on and um i know you've had a lot going on with house moves and everything else so appreciate yeah. it
2: thank you for your patience
0: with that oh no hey. no no it's fine like, are y'all I- settled
1: we know you got a new kitten
2: yeah uh for the most part, we're settled. Now I have to do a checkout from the apartment. So it's like, ah, yeah, it's just that next but final step. That's that's about it. So yes, we uh, are settled. Long story short, yes.
0: So and- every Wednesday for the last few weeks, we started to make this a regular feature and it seems to be reacting quite well. Um, we put it on Insta and Facebook, but Instagram, everybody seems to literally go to town on this post. So it, um, I normally grab two random fictitious characters nobody real um um, (laughs) let's not go there (laughs) uh, uh, so uh, this week we had um black widow versus huntress now black widow got destroyed pretty much in the comments and even in our poll that we ran um but no, what, you what mean we, she
1: cleaned up like Huntress got destroyed only one person yeah like, yeah no that's
0: what I mean. no that's yeah. what I meant like Black Widow it was like literally every comment was like Black Widow Black Widow yeah there was a um, few Huntress there was a few Huntress lovers in there but it was generally I I probably didn't pick two like the last okay. few a lot of people struggled to come up with a winner but I think I kind of
1: this one was a landslide
0: but what, what would you, so Aaron, what would you, what are your thoughts? Who would win, Black Widow or Huntress?
2: All right. I have a caveat in that yeah. I am only going to go with the movie versions. Okay. Okay. Until Black Widow.
3: It's still the same answer. It's
2: still the same answer. Huntress is great. based on Birds
1: of Prey, she was not there yet
2: not no yeah no she was just like i've still got my training wheels on I'm yes exactly. trying to find my like one-liner introduction <laughs> oh, it's like i'm sorry black widow would kick your ass yeah like, woman for is going
3: sure. to fuck
2: i up think i'm gonna have to go back to the point. drawing
0: board with my verses for next week like it was like every week <laughs> Other than when I did um, Idris Elba's Lufa versus um, Lex Jesse, yeah, Le- Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg got destroyed in the comments. Yeah. Um, so, um, but other than that week, like pretty much everyone's like, oh, oh this is a good one. Like, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Black Widow was pretty much the, the king of this week's verses. So, yeah. um, how would she win though, Erin?
2: I think they would get into like a really intense fight like I think Huntress could probably stand her own for a little bit but yeah. I think Black Widow would probably do something close range and yeah
0: um, yeah and thank her but for a cooperation
2: physical, like not yes <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a good line anyway um Jasmine you wanted to Talk about the nomi- uh the Nommies, the nomies, the, nomies, the, the Emmys. Nommies. Yeah,
1: it's a new award show. Yeah, it's the called Nommies. the Nommies. <laughs> Um Takes place in your kitchen. Uh, no, <laughs> so the I'm Emmys. There for that. Yeah, I know, right? That one would be a fun one.
0: Any uh, nominations? Yes, is what the I'm nominations. Meant to say. The, yeah.
1: the actual I ceremony made is two not words. September.
0: One, I made two words. One, there. That's what they should do. They should the bring nommies. it into one it's, word. The nammies. Too
1: late. It's too late,
2: Mark. It's the nommies from here on out. So oh, okay. I'm gonna get a snack after this, and every time I'm gonna go in the kitchen and get food, I'm just gonna be like, the nommies commence. Yes, we're commencing <laughs> the nommies.
1: We're going to the fridge for best snack after a delicious dinner. I've just realized yeah. this is the first
0: time ever in Geeks Sneak's history that I'm outnumbered. Like, there's two women. It's in the about- game. Oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can see Hi where yeah, this is Jasmine. going already. Let's go. it,
1: yeah, yeah, it's about time, it's about uh, time. And it's about Black Widow, <laughs> yeah. be careful, yeah. be careful Mark. So like my question with the Emmys, you know, we, we've been saying for a while like, hey, stop neglecting the things that are popular. And mm. I think the Emmys took that too far. Uh, I still can't wrap my mind around WandaVision Picking up twenty three Emmy nominations. Um, I think that's excessive. I also cannot wrap my mind around Don Cheadle getting a guest appearance nomination for the minute and a half to three minutes tops that he was in a total of six episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just like it. This is one of those cases where it's like, what we asked for was better inclusion for you to actually watch stuff that underrepresented groups are making and then include them in, you know, in the regular process with the big name films. We did not ask you for this kind of fan service. And so like, I would just read it through the list and I was like, now I enjoyed WandaVision. I'm totally fine with it getting noms for, uh, you know, technical stuff or even for like overall like best series. Fine. I'll give you that. I don't understand why Paul Bettany got an Emmy nom for best lead in a drama series or why Elizabeth Olsen got best lead in a, like, what are we doing? This is, this is not the way, this is not the way Emmy, Emmy committee. I just, uh, you've taken it too far. We asked you to be more inclusive. We didn't ask you to go overboard and literally just like throw, drive down the street and throw out Emmy nominations to everybody you pass by.
0: I think I didn't realize about the Don Cheadle thing until you just mentioned it. Like,
1: yeah, even I mean, Don Cheadle on Twitter, he was like, "Look, I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you look at that list. I mean, he uh, flat out
1: said it. Just like, I have no idea how I got on this list. Honestly, I mean, was it
0: Tim- Timothy Oliphant, like in The Mandalorian? I yeah, get no, that. Okay, the category he is w-
1: guest appearance, so I understand yeah, yeah, get- like one episode. But Timothy Oliphant was in the whole episode. Like,
0: but he was a whole episode. Yeah, like, he and he was just amazing in that episode. So. But Don Cheadle showed up in one minute. Like, yeah, I can't, yeah. I don't, I don't get my, yeah, I don't get my mind around that. I think, yeah, I, I do know what you're saying though. For years we've been asking award shows to recognize like pop culture shows right. and they haven't been willing to. Right. Uh, now it, it seems that they just said, do you know what? Every pop culture show there is, give yes. them something. Give, them, give, them, give some- them something. And it's like, that's not,
1: yeah. this is, oh my God, this is not the way. And also in the category. So the category again is best actor in a drama series, but you've got, Courtney B. Vance for Lovecraft Country. Now, Courtney B. Vance was in several episodes of Lovecraft Country. So that's that's a fair enough. Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. Carl Weathers was in almost all the episodes of The Mandalorian in the first season. Like, fine. That's that's fine. But Don not Cheat three minutes of screen time in six hours. Like, are you shitting me? Like, I don't under I just no, this is not, this is not, don't do this. Please don't continue this trend of, of doing this just as like fan service.
0: I think of the limited series that are on there, I hope the Queen's Gambit wins.
1: I hope just it put... doesn't. So boring. Oh. Uh, also, something <laughs> that surprised me was...
0: Oh, the... hold on, Erin. Erin, what, what, what is it you would like to add like, about the Queen's Gambit? i
1: i just that that tension (laughs) we fight about this episode all the time because i told mark i was like i hate you for making me watch this series he's like it's so good i was like i was so bored i fast forwarded through half the season i also
2: might have been bored it I think I only got through the end of episode one. And then I was like, oh, God, that was only an episode.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and See?
2: I had no obligation to keep going. I'm so sorry.
1: Like, yeah. just- <laughs> See, thank you for
0: Definitely with, me. with. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> outnumbered this week. <laughs> so, but um, another
1: thing that surprised me on the Emmy noms was The Boys was nominated for Best Drama Series. Like, that's... Now, that one, I am surprised by but i am okay with it because wow that's out there that's way out there for a like uppity group like the Emmys to kind of put into the mix
0: well in that group you've got a real mix the boys bridgerton the crown handmaid's tale lovecraft country the mandalorian pose and this is us Uh, yeah if um, ever
1: there was a one of these things not like the other the boys is definitely that other in that group
0: There's some good shows in there. It's a shame Lovecraft Country's been cancelled.
1: Yeah, after it picked and 13 Emmy nominations. So way to go, HBO. I
0: mean, that was a bad move. (laughs) They'd probably sit around the table going, what have we done?
2: You know, I I can't really see The Mandalorian as a drama, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm just, (laughs) more than anything, I'm really concerned about what the performances might be like, or like the speeches, you know, the rehearsed bits for the Emmys. of like... Oh no, if this is going to be Emmy's nerd edition, like
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Cedric the Entertainer is uh, slated to host for now. So, okay. I I love Cedric the Entertainer. I think he's hilarious. I hate those Arby's yeah. commercials. That's a totally different story, but um I don't know, like I Ricky Gervais is like pretty self-deprecating and I he annoys me as a host, but he only oh, annoys me so, because he's so <laughs> like Uninterested in actually being the host, and they just kind of keep giving him the job. And it's like,
0: I love, I love, he's making fun of all of
1: you. Like,
0: I know that's what I love. I don't, I'm not a big Ricky Gervais fan. I don't probably, I I don't really watch anything that he's in, but I love watching the Emmys. Like, one day, me and my brother just went onto YouTube and we watched every time, every host, um, (laughs) like the montage of every Emmys for like an hour or two, and we were just like, every year. He just gets more. He gets worse every year. He just mm-hmm. goes to town on them every year. I the last one when you saw Tom Hanks's face, um, was so priceless. Just Tom Hanks's like, I what can't believe we're he sitting here listening to this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh.
2: can't I can't blame him though. If you kept getting a job and you're like, all right, right, you know what <laughs> you're getting. <laughs> like you nice. know what you're signing up for. You didn't fire me last year, yeah. so let's see how far I can go.
0: And, well, he keeps saying that as well, doesn't he? He's like they, they keep bringing me back, <laughs> 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 and uh, I think and last year he did say, um, "This is my last one," but they put, that didn't happen. So. Yeah. Um, well, I,
1: I do like Cedric the Entertainer. I think he's he's funny, so yeah, I'd be yeah. interested to see how this this kind of goes. I also think that he kind of appeals to a broader audience because he's a, a like a bigger named comedian, I guess. So yeah. maybe. Maybe that could be a good thing as well. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I love when Neil Patrick Harris hosts. Like, I think Neil Patrick Harris is great, but I still feel like Neil Patrick Harris is kind of niche. So, so, I
0: was going to yeah. say, here's some numbers here. HBO and HBO Max have taken 130 nominations. That's ridiculous. Netflix, uh, Netflix, 129. Wow. Disney Plus um, have have got 71 nominations um <laughs>
3: uh, and then
0: uh the, cra- the crown and disney plus um sorry the, yeah the crown and the mandalorian have both had 24 nominations each uh wonder vision with 23 um and the handmaiden's tale with 21 so this i mean i've never watched the handmaiden's tale i've heard a lot of good things about it though so i can't um, watch
2: it after reading the heavy. book and Middle school, I think we had to read it, or is high school one of the two? But since then, I was like, "Man, fine." Yeah, I'm good. And when the show came out, I'm like,
0: yeah Actually, I tell you I watched the pilot, and it was so depressing.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes.
0: I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, and I know I've I've said this to other people who've watched it, and they're like, "Do you not watch anything dark?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I watch dark stuff," but like,
3: imagine a woman.
0: Like, I can't imagine. Tuning into that week in, week out. I nope. mean, I know I know I've got four years of TV to catch up on if I decide to ever do it.
3: No, thank you. I was you. like, I thought I
0: don't know if I can put my mind through that. Line I know, like you say, yeah, imagine being a woman watching that, it must be even worse. But I just it's a pretty dreary show to go through. Yeah. Um I, I think I probably if I was ever gonna do it, I would probably just put one on a week. Like to put myself through you know, binge watch of three or four a night would be really. Hard I don't to think do. anybody like,
1: binge watches the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine that's so, a, hey, this is our binge worthy TV list, top of the list. Handmaid's Tale, you lie. You are <laughs> lying. If you do the-
2: binge watch it, I will
1: I'm help. I'm concerned
2: you. for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm concerned.
0: Work through my my yes. undoubted issues that will probably yeah. come out of it. So. <laughs> As um, a
2: social worker, I can help. Oh, uh, for
0: Please <laughs> like, to be for me in my time of need I, pro- I probably would need it if i were watching four seasons of The Handmaid's So mm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sorry. Handmaid's Tale. I keep saying Handmaid's Handmaid's Tale. Um, anyway, so the sh- it's gonna the the nommies, as we've called it um, are going to be on the uh, the the twenty third uh, Emmy Awards are going to be seventy um... third. 73rd sorry 73rd are going to be on the uh, September 19th on CBS and Paramount Plus in America and I've no idea over here in the UK I'm sure someone will grab it so and I'm sure I won't watch it <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: All
0: right, um, anyway, but enough
1: about that let's talk about Aaron
0: let's talk about Aaron so we have one half of Girls Talk Comics and yeah. uh, your other half is Jess How, Where's Where's what's Jess up to tonight
2: Jess is incubating. I mean, incubating. she's true, yes. due in about another month. Um, wow! Wow! Down to the wire. Down to the wire. So she's just baby prepping, and
0: is that going to be your third co-host for the, the podcast?
2: I would love that. If we <laughs> over to children's books for like preparing her kiddo to be a comic reader, I wouldn't Jeez. be unhappy. Like children's books are fluffy. They're nice. Yeah. Um, I might have some really critical opinions about children's material. So if you are out there and you write children's material, watch out. <laughs> they're, I have, they're
1: coming for you. Yeah. They I have friends you.
2: with kids. I'm yeah. going to be watching.
1: <laughs> watching
2: and reading. So, um, yeah. She's just hanging out. She's got really bad internet. So she just hangs out in the, her middle of nowhere. Growing <laughs> <laughs> a new human. So
0: well, How far away are you from each other?
2: About three or four hours
0: three or four hours so you don't see each other that regularly not
2: in the pandemic we tried to meet up like once or twice a month before but definitely now it's
1: definitely not with baby prep
2: happening yeah definitely not with baby prep happening
0: so i think here in a couple
2: weeks though i was gonna say how did your how did
0: um girls talk comics um the podcast come into inception was that like between the two of you what how did that how did you guys lead to creating that
2: yeah uh we have a mutual friend. His name is Aura. He was actually the first person I interviewed for our podcast. Um, he and I worked together at the comic shop and Jess shopped there. So she would come in like once every six months. We would talk a little bit about comics, but it was always like, I'm an employee. You're a customer. You have friends who work here. I've got other shit I got to do. Yeah. Uh, then. Within- <laughs> Aura was always like, you two would really get along and you both have opinions about comics and she has done podcasting, you just, just mesh. So we only really got to know each other with starting our recording sessions and it's perfect. I think Aura made a perfect match when it comes to co-hosts and we've gotten very, very close over the time and it's been just wonderful and nice. we just we started it with the idea of like we're going to talk about specific like women in comics and representation of women in comics and then we were like nah brah we're just going to be critical of what we're of reading everything yeah, yeah like
1: a- rightfully so <laughs> we tried reading the boys it did not no. happen mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so you know i don't i have not talked to anyone that enjoyed that comic series a lot mm-hmm. of people enjoy the tv show but not the comics and I'm like how the hell did this get made how did this get made Uh, if most of the people that have read it did not enjoy it
2: you know boys club that's it it's the prime example of boys club in my opinion come at me (laughs) I'm not ready to have an
0: opinion so I can't jump in
2: it's definitely just like a perversion fantasy fest you know like we're just gonna play it out and be outrageous and like over the top but that's not what we're talking about today anyway that's just my opinion on the boys uh I did hear that the show actually has a point <laughs> and an ethics and morals so that speaks volumes for the show like good job but that book was just like how can I piss people off Man.
1: <laughs> and then it was published forever oh goodness gracious there, there, there I, are too many of those but the, again like you said that's a whole other podcast from memory
0: i think the only thing i've read by garth ennis is hitman which because it's dc is nowhere near as extreme as the boys but i did enjoy hitman which was probably like an early doors version of the boys it was obviously a hitman and he killed people and but because batman would show he was it was in set in gotham city so batman showed up here and there so it was a lot more toned down so I
2: think- hitman you could branch in multiple ways right like you could go into the boys or and isn't this a great segue into black widow as an assassin as well yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i liked the fact that he was a, a psychic he was like a psychic wasn't he a psychic hitman or something like that like um
2: yeah like super good
0: yeah and um but i thought that was pretty cool but um we we've sort of asked a couple of other people that have jumped on this in terms of podcasting, like what have you learned since doing podcasting, so, you know. We, we, you know, Jasmine and I have been doing it over a year and we keep like messaging each other going, Oh, we wish we'd have done this before or oh, yeah. whatever, you know, like why don't we think about you know why? But then again, because there's I guess there are books on podcasting, but a lot of it is you have to learn it yourself, I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what what so what any things that you guys have learned that's that's sort of helpful for people to hear?
2: I've learned it's actually really easy to connect with people who want to guest on a podcast. Yeah. Um, and that there aren't a lot of very high standards for, um, I don't know, content. Like it's just quality yeah. content. Like uh, interviews are rather free form and kind of vary across whoever's giving them, but all are fairly well received it's mostly on who's being interviewed that i think people get criticized and um there are a lot of people out there who want to engage and participate and be heard so it's um that's my lesson because that was a little overwhelming for me whenever, <laughs> we, whenever we open that door and everyone's like i went on bring me i, on. I have you to say have before like I'm even like, even
0: even before you came on I always get this moment of like nervousness just kick in just like for like a moment. But then once people are on, I'm like, I'm fine again. But I think it's, I I definitely think like having, like me and Jasmine, obviously we do this, we've been doing this now for, um, I don't know, 55 weeks or something. Um, and we knew each other before kind of but we never used well not kind of we knew each other and we spoke regularly
1: yeah what the hell but, kind but, of but we
0: no no but we didn't know but what i mean is we didn't do this regularly we um are yeah. you know we did skype each other probably a couple times a year or something but we we've definitely got to know each other more doing this weekly um mm-hmm. so when me and jasmine not yeah. gone it's fine but whenever there's a guest coming on i definitely get this moment a moment of like oh and then someone's on but so yeah i do agree with you that the whole guesting thing or or even being guests we've guested before and um yeah it's definitely there's probably there's some nervousness out there but you realize actually people actually people quite like doing it and it's actually a lot easier to do but i think Um, there's a
1: difference like what kind of what it seems like you're saying is like some people just don't do the homework it's like yeah we actually wanted you to come on and talk about this thing and and like you don't really seem like you want to talk about the thing that we asked you to talk about so yeah yeah that, uh,
0: that that did happen you, you do run time, into that occasionally yeah. so we, we've actually yeah. noticed there's there's two people that we've kind of came on and kind of didn't really want to talk like we <laughs> um that was very early on and um yeah. i think but it's we, kind we, of like we, you do
1: realize this is a pot, podcast no one can see you so you have to actually <laughs> speak so that we know yeah. that you're like there you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so on, on Girls Talk Comics, like, is have you got anything exciting coming up? Like Anything you want to share or tease? Um, uh,
2: right. Not at this moment. I, I think, well, I might be saying this because it is my podcast, but I do like the fact that Girls Talk Comics, we try to be a more casual podcast yeah. when it comes to uh, directions that we take or kind of content that we bring out. Um, a lot of our changes we like to do right around when our seasons might end and begin so mm-hmm. for season three you know I'm, we're thinking about like do we want to add any kind of live stream component with me and uh, some other girls who also want to talk comics or video games and um, we're looking at doing another book club but with my books rather than Jess's books because Jess has had this season of a what did she call it a soul-bearing um, journey through her formative literature <laughs> so like are <laughs> uh, thinking next year for me who knows um so no we haven't really explored much you know i'm kind of thinking with the addition of a new human in jess's life um i'm open to kind of us having to change everything and revamping and going with that just rolling with that and that's mm-hmm. that's okay like where, when,
0: when will your season end? Is it going to be sort of in line with her giving birth and then taking a break? And then,
2: no, we, we try to end about October, November. Um, okay. Kind of just with the big uh, the holiday season. push. Yeah. The big holiday stuff. We'd like yeah. to take some time around that time, sleep it off, <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> um, kind of come back swinging. So we'll adapt and we will overcome and again we're just such a casual show like
1: i actually like the spotlight stuff that you guys do um there was an episode here. you did with uh with a manga artist i really enjoyed that that was a good one yeah. <laughs>
2: Rumiko Takahashi, I think. Yes. yes that was so much fun like all the research i've had to do mm-hmm. for that uh of course it's the fantastic google wikipedia research um so not maybe fully formed but it's still been a delight being able to talk about and focus on um creators that people might not think about
1: yeah i i appreciate it i liked it so yeah yeah. so also you kind of you you've got a you're you're like a jack of all trades so to speak a jane of all trades uh so you you have your like day job like we all do but you also work at a comic shop like so what what is what is that kind of transition like because i imagine it's very stark
2: It is very stark, but it's also Mm -hmm. the best experience in the world. Like, okay, um, my day job being with social work, you get really kind of stuck focusing on outcomes, right? Like on the paperwork side, maybe not like in services. On my level, I look at goals and outcomes and are we doing the work we need to be doing and succeeding in the ways that we think we should be succeeding? Uh, So having to go from that where I also have to report and like be aware of neglect or abuse to going to a comic shop is phenomenal. (laughs) Fucking amazing. Somebody can come in and be like, Oh, you know, I'm struggling to pay rent. And I'm like, there's a number you can call for that. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds very callous. I get it. But like I I've gone above and beyond and I've given phone numbers, but it's one of those, like, you're going to leave and it's not my problem yes and it's, it's freeing having to having that and then whenever i'm just filing comic books oh the progress is so measurable you finish a long box that's beautiful, that's beautiful. <laughs> i can count my day in number of long boxes and each of them goes towards my goal of organizing comics and the only way it's going to be undone is if somebody intentionally tips everything over which Hopefully it won't happen, (laughs) but it's stark, but it's just so freeing. Like I can just do menial, turn my brain off, no consequences. It's more physically engaging because I'm lifting and moving and shifting and turning rather than sitting at a computer and inconsequential.
3: And I love that. Yeah.
0: I can can imagine that. Like, you know, you've got a very serious job and then to go to a comic shop, which is obviously serious to us fanboys and girls out there, but a different kind of serious. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and I get that. I get that with the uh, the customer thing. Like I've been in comic shops before and I'll be in the aisles waiting to go to the till. And I'll be thinking, man, will you just shut the fuck up? I want to get to the, the guy in front of me. Who's been there for 20 minutes, always doing his talk. And the guy behind the till even is trying to go, look, man, there's, there's other customers. <laughs> like, like, yeah. and and in the end i'll sometimes have to say look um could, could i pay for these couple of comics like and then you got i'm happy for you two to chat like but can, but I, can I you to... chat
1: with each other while i also pay yeah,
0: yeah. Like, can, like, we do that?
1: can we make that work uh, and um
0: yeah. and I, I get that some people love that and don't get me wrong i've been at the till before and chatted about a couple of comics and stuff but i also oh. recognize if there's three or four guys behind me or girls behind me they want to get served too so you know yeah. i won't chat that much then or or if we oh, are yeah. in the middle of something i'll step aside while they serve and um so i get that whole thing of you know the guy says i can't pay my rent you know like because sometimes those co- those comic shop owners must be thinking i just you know yeah you know like i just want to steal batman like you know uh,
2: <laughs> and like it's, it's though to defend the person who rambles at the register for just a second yeah it is nice building that community though, because there, there have been times where they will have that chatty Kathy, and another one comes up, and so like I'll have two people trying to talk to me about the same topic, mm. but like not to each other. <laughs> so Only you're like, you. what do you yeah. two
0: face each other? Yeah. Like- and I'm
2: like, oh my god, you guys totally have something. Why Look don't you a guys friend. talk about you that? You made a friend. Yeah. I've got, I'm going to go help this customer and then I just never go
1: back.
0: <laughs> well, do you know, though, I did, I I have, I have been can't. a chatty <laughs> cafe. I was going to say, I have been a chatty cafe myself, but I will only do it if there's no one behind me. Like, if there's 100%. people behind me, I, I, will, I will, I will like literally pay for my comics, say thanks, may have a, you know, a one or two minute chat while you're paying and they're, they sometimes are bagging boarding them for you or whatever. But yeah, that, like you said, I recognize that. But um, I was going to say, in terms of, Obviously, you work in comic What What's what's hot right now in the co- um? What are you seeing selling at the moment? I know stray dogs is a is a big thing getting mentioned yeah. at the
3: minute. But um, so I've
2: only really been like elbow deep in back stock lately. I haven't really yeah. been on the floor. I remember hearing um, when the Batman Fortnite dropped. Oh yeah, that went mad. Like, that was insane, and it still kind of is. Um, yeah, stray dogs has been kind of the big thing. Um, When I went into my shop Wednesday, because I I do just work on the weekends in the back stock, I think Loki's the hot back stock right now, um, as is something to kill, is killing the children. Oh, yeah, that's coming on the show.
3: That's
1: going mad right now.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, But when I looked at the DC lineup at our store, like most of the DC stuff was gone, like just more gaps in that than our Marvel stuff so I guess DC is just really popping right now with all of this stuff that they're coming out with um I don't know oh, what oh. it is but they were just they were holes <laughs> <laughs> <From everything laughs> being sold out and I was like all right way to go DC like yeah doing great
0: um I saw on Twitter the other day you shared when you're talking about back issues about the back issue drama of some people saying we will check prices at the till what, what are your thoughts on that
2: That is kind of the reality of shops. Um, I think that there are nicer ways to present it than that sign Mm -hmm. did is my thought. And there are a variety of things that stores can do. We have gone back and forth multitude of times on like, do we sticker prices? Do we, not put prices on it because we've had customers try to steal books from us by putting them into cheaper bags Mm -hmm. and um like we're not dumb you know we we know um i'm very on the fence i've had to do that i've had that conversation before Uh, And actually about video games, because we sell video games at my comic shop as well, pre-owned video games. Mm -hmm. And those Mm -hmm. can get very, very volatile. Certainly when um, like remasters are released and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. things will just skyrocket. So you can handle it in a very gentle way and in a way where you don't alienate customers. I also know that that sign is not targeting the everyday shopper. The person oh, of who's there every week is not who they're talking about. They're talking about that asshole who comes in and only buys key issues. And they yeah. know who you are because you're only coming in and buying key issues. <laughs> or, like the speculators at my shop, you find that key issue, you don't like what it's priced at right then. So you stick it in your hold box for six months, hoping it drops in price. And then when it never does, that's when you say you can put it back on the floor because you don't want to buy it. Like that's what, who those signs are representing. Okay. Now, wait wondering. a minute. People
1: actually do that. Like they hold people on to it. Oh
2: my God. Do that. Until it drops in price. Yeah. So that's why those signs exist. It's like, so when people are upset about those signs, it's like, yeah, if it's a good shop and you're there every week looking through stuff, you can roll up with an 899 price tag on something that's really going for 73 or whatever. And the store might be like, can they'll bargain with you? Maybe they'll be like, you know, I can't sell it for nine bucks. How about 50, you know, just, I'm throwing hypotheticals out there, like yeah, whatever, but that, I mean, there have been multitudes of books that people have found at cheap prices that I know spiked like a few bucks and I'm like, whatever, just, take it at the sticker price. Cause you're here all the time. Yeah. You're buying from us all the time. I'm going to get your money in some way. And at the same time, like speculators, if they go in and they find stuff at cover price or at sticker price, it's going to lose so much money long-term for a shop. Uh, no one wants to hear this, but the way capitalism works is you have to find the price of something that's going to keep it on the shelf for longer. Like mm. where's the, what's the price that people, like that nice little intersection of not going to buy it and we'll still sell and having all of your hot stuff at cover price, when it spikes suddenly is going to wipe you out of all the quality stuff. And that means you're just going to be stuck with bulk and you won't be able to buy the new, like new hot items. You won't be able to buy trades from other people and you won't be able to get any kind of quality um stock in and that will really limit your chance to stay open and retain as a store and that's just kind of the harsh reality of capitalism not even mm. comics and so when it comes to that sign i'm like eh, i'm not the person they're talking about and also
1: it's kind of what the reality like yeah it sucks It,
3: yeah
1: but i mean at the end of the day business is a business so if yes. you want to continue to be a business, you have to bring in the money and you got to do what you got to do to do that. So, yeah. Is
0: it the, the, you know, you said about the people that put it in their pool, like they grab a issue in the back issues and they take it to the guy on the store uh, counter and say, can you stick that in my pool box? I'm going to get it next time I'm in. <clears throat> There's a comic shop near me that actually they only have a they have a rule that they only hold stuff for 24 hours. Um, so if you do that, walk up to them and say, can you stick it in my pool box? They'll say, well, we'll hold it for 24 hours and then... If you don't buy, it, you don't buy, it, it goes back on the shelf.
2: Yeah, so. we've actually had to try it. We've actually had to change that. We've implemented new rules at the store, including, um, like at our store, we never really had uh, layover, like the paying off kind of thing. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, yeah um, I know what you mean, part payment stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. And we actually had to implement that because people wanted our graded stuff or like um, our key issues. We also take our key issues and we stick them on the wall. So they're unstickered and that means fluctuating price. And so people just kind of have to take it, whatever we offer, mm-hmm. um, but the, you know, they also can't get them themselves. They have to get a, uh, an employee to get them. Um, and we've had to do the whole, we don't hold for more than 24 or 48 hours, depending on the item because people have abused it so much. Yeah. and that's that's why those signs exist and so when yeah. i see those signs i'm like it's not the average person that they're talking about they're talking about the jerks that ruined it for you see, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 few,
0: the few ruining it yeah. for the many yeah it's,
2: yeah don't be mad at the shop for having for
1: protecting themselves
2: yeah against yeah. that few people who are like i'm going to do whatever i can to steal your profit away and because like sure there is for some people there is the whole thing of like i'm targeting a business and you're like that's great but comic shops are usually locally owned mom and pop shops yes or high, like live operate and hire from within your community and so stealing from them is actually very much impacting the circle of economic life in your community and that's my soapbox I'm getting off of it
0: right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I, well I, thanks for I sharing that's it,
1: interesting yeah. information yeah i hope if
2: people want to chat with me about it you know find me on twitter i'm willing <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: um i don't know it's good. thanks for having that bit of a chat with us and um, yeah, no appreciate like we, we always like to hear more about what's going on out there and um and hearing about your podcast as well so we we will um be back in a moment
3: i'm tom my partner mike and i have been friends and co-workers for a long time and at work We're known for our daily water cooler conversations about TV shows and movies we are currently watching. Whether we're arguing over which Marvel TV show is the best or agreeing about which Netflix original movie is the worst. The pop culture conversation is always popping on Two Brothers at a Water Cooler. You can listen to Two Brothers at a Water Cooler on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe and share today.
0: And we're back
1: all right kicking right off into our review this week the black widow film directed by kate shortland screenplay by eric pearson story is by jack schaefer and ned benson based on characters created by don rico and don heck for marvel comics it stars scarlett johansson florence pugh david harbour ot Fagbangle, olga kirilenko william hurt ray winstone and rachel Weiss.
0: So Black Widow originally made her first appearance in the, in the movies, this is, in the 2010s Iron Man 2. And then she made nine appearances before we even got to her solo film. So <clears throat> including Iron Man 2 in 2010, she was in the first Avengers movie in 2012, Captain America, The Winter Soldier in 2014, Avengers Age of Ultron in 2015, Captain America, Civil War 2016, and... Um, and then she was in Avengers Infinity War in 2018. She had a tiny mid-credits sequence in Captain Marvel in 2019 and then made her final, well, kind of final, uh, <laughs> appearance the in... Character final, yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, we, well, we get to see her end before we get to see her own movie. Yeah. So uh, Avengers Endgame 2019, where she sacrificed herself again for, for the good of it the It should have been many. Clint.
1: Fight me. it should have been Clint I'm sorry it should have been Clint you know what I'm not sorry it should have been Clint I've got your back it Should have been yeah. him and not Natasha. Oh, just gonna
0: say that. I mean, from a, from a, I'm sure that his wife and children wouldn't have said that, but oh, what?
1: he only has value because he has a wife and kids, and okay. Natasha oh, has no value because oh, she doesn't that's not have what a wife. I'm and saying,
0: kids? I, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not sorry, saying that.
1: a man took that decision away from her.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> should
1: have been Clint. Like, that pissed <laughs> me to off. <laughs> to
0: be fair, it's not like he didn't try like to die, like, he did try. She
1: just is better. I guess <laughs> he, she I yeah, was, she's better at dying than Clint she's Porter.
0: better at dying than he is. Is like which, probably, which, which, yeah, Better maybe self sacrifice. Yeah. I
2: don't yeah. know, let's, yeah. let's not get into that. <laughs>
0: I, I do not mean that anybody has less value, but I'm just saying that we'll oh, see. I'm sure Watching his wife Martin. and children were relieved. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do think though, if we're talking about the death, I, I do think that he did give it his best, but she clearly kicked his ass, which probably comes back to that whole Black Widow versus Huntress thing. Is there anyone that Black Widow can't beat? So. She, she, in, in it, she just chose to take her own own life to save the many. So, which um, I—I'll be honest with you, I still, even when I watched it, hoped that there was a way of undoing that. I didn't, you know, I—I I know she says she's done with the role now after this, but I, even when I watched this movie, I—I'll be honest with. you we're talking about the mid, the end credit, mid credit sequence later, but I honestly thought it'd be so cool if she just stepped out of the like the trees or, or well, something. Well, if like... uh,
1: Loki is any indication, who knows who's going to pop up in this multiverse that uh, oh. we got coming in the phase four. Okay, all so right, excited.
0: right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Um, so, for obviously, jump into it, sort of just go around the room and initial thoughts of Black Widow, Erin. We'll start with you. What's your uh, sort of you know sort of one two minute summary yeah did you enjoy it what's your
2: big picture i enjoyed it overall big picture much like any other marvel movie it was a great like blip and then stepping stone to a next adventure so i was i was satisfied
1: i think that's a very fair assessment i think it definitely fits the premise of like a stepping stone film like it is it is the piece to get you to the next thing. Now, again, I enjoyed it. Uh, I actually was surprised that I liked it uh, because Black Widow's not always been like she's just not that exciting of a character to me. She, but I don't know if that really has more to do with the way that Scarlett kind of plays the character versus the character herself. But like she's always just been kind of meh as far as the the series goes, at least for me. So. She was like, we'll we'll get to it later, but it's, it was, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, but it is the supporting cast is the reason that I enjoyed this film as much as I did. Without them, I do not think that I would have liked it as much. But yes, I would say it's very middling. That would be my summary as well.
0: I was going to say, in terms of comics, I've only read one run of Black Widow. I read the entire Nathan... Yeah, Nathan Edmondson, um, who wrote it, and Phil Notto runs. So in terms of my knowledge, that 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 was kind of it. In terms of comics, I may have read her here and there in the comics, but my knowledge really of Black Widow has been through Scarlett Hansen's movie portrayal, which probably is most people's. Um, in terms of a summary of this movie, though, like, yeah, I think it was a typical Marvel movie. It was it was kind of dark in some places, but overall. It was very family friendly. There was a little bit of the, the bits of the beginning where, I mean, we'll talk about in more detail, but where they did take the kids. I actually did think, I don't know if I'd want my own kids to watch this bit now because I, I had originally said, let's all watch it. And then they didn't want to, um, which actually when I saw them taking the two children, I thought, I'm not sure now they probably wouldn't like watching this. But I think it was a really good solo movie because it covered a lot of her background. It was a good wrap up in terms of things um and it, it was action packed in all the right places and yeah I think it was a, it was a typical sort of Disney formula movie and yeah and I probably overall enjoyed it so I probably think it's probably about where I would put it in terms of and and in terms of re-watching it I definitely something I'd be really interested in re-watching I've actually watched it twice before this podcast so. <laughs> uh and um both I times I enjoyed it, it so um well, in terms of viewing experience obviously, Disney took the stance of releasing it on Disney Plus and in theaters. Now, I think it was in theaters before it went on Disney Plus, which obviously to give people a chance to go out. Um, how did you guys watch it?
1: I watched it in theaters. Me too. It was a girl's day. I took my mom. Actually, she, she called me two weeks before. She was like, hey, Black Widow's coming out soon. I was like, Yeah. And? She's like, okay, so we're going to go watch the movie and then we're going to come home and make Russian cocktails. And I said, okay, we're going to do that. That That sounds like fun. (laughs) Mine
2: was actually a a kind of a girl's day too. My friend was celebrating her top surgery. So she was like, yay, tits. We're going to watch Black Widow. (laughs) So we're like, all right, let's do it. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm the opposite from normal. I actually watched at home on Disney Plus. Yeah. uh, um, I was that wasn't the plan I sort of woke up it was it, was, it came on Disney plus last Friday and I was going to go to the theaters and watch it that's what I wanted to do and then I woke up Saturday morning and I was like fuck it I really want to watch it so I, I just <laughs> I just got it like I was like and even my wife was like I thought you wanted to watch the cinema I was like I know but I, I literally can't wait I really want to watch it <laughs> like, so, the price um, you pay for impatience yeah I was being impatient so dollars. I was like and uh, yeah well yeah i can't remember is it 20 quid over here but either way yeah so um but yeah and i really i really was impatient but at least i've got it so that's why i was able to rewatch it so yeah
1: well there were were actually some kids in my theater so i was i was like i usually i like to if i go on the weekends i try to go to the theater as early in the day as possible um so we went to an 11 a.m showing and there were actually two other sets of like mother daughter like but like my age kind of mother-daughter trio or uh and then there was like a family with five kids sure she had like neighbors and all this stuff because they were not all (laughs) they were obviously not all her kids but like it was a a mom that had brought like all like the neighborhood kids with her to see the film so Mm
3: -hmm. that's cool yeah we had two
2: kids in our showing in our little party Mm -hmm. um i forgot that they were there and i maybe should have watched my language more <laughs>
3: uh,
0: well, was it worse than bloody hell? A little bit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever bitch. I say whenever I say bloody hell, like, and I do it without even thinking, my wife's like, this is what Americans say. We say like you're, you know, she's like gets annoyed with me. Like, and I was like, I can't help if I say it. I was like, it comes out of my mouth. Like uh, it um, your
2: culture, Mark. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> But my, you know, I, think my like, yeah. I think my wife gets annoyed because
0: she's I my wife gets annoyed she's like this is so typical British' <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like okay I'm sorry <laughs> I'm like, try to what do you want me to do just swear normally like all that like, you know so maybe I just yeah. need to go to normal swearing rather than uh, and I do do that too but anyway yeah. um there was a, a closer there was a sort of a core cast of four family members, and then mm. an expanded cast. So we've been lately going around the room and saying, like, who's your favourite and who's your least favourite? I just felt like I didn't really want to do that with this because I didn't want to shout out, say, Black Widow over Black Widow over a couple of other Black Widows. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that bit was a joke. But like, I kind of felt it was a bit mean to shout that out I sort of just go around you know in terms of you know what did you think about seeing Natasha Romanoff's story kind of her last story really and Mm -hmm. and so we we chat about a few of the people individually so Erin what did you think about finally Scarlett Hansen getting her own solo movie and her character journey in this movie?
2: I am totally one of those people who have followed ScarJo's career from the Twitterverse more than yeah. from her actual films. <laughs> um, so anytime I see one of her movies, I'm always kind of going in just like, all right, what, what are we going to do today? Um, <laughs> but I was really pleasantly surprised with how she kind of handled herself and how she worked with the other, with her co-stars. Mm-hmm. Um, i thought they were kind of eclectic selections um overall it like I thought the mom was a weird choice in cast like she was just somebody I hadn't thought about in forever as an actress and then she's there and I'm like oh hi (laughs) sorry I kind of forgot about you but um (laughs) you, you did a wonderful job like she did she all of All of them stood their own um i am gonna call out like florence is it pronounced pew like yeah yeah yeah, she stole it for me um just straight up killed it in her role but i thought the back and forth was rather genuine the they really kind of leaned into that super spy family dynamic kind mm. of dysfunction thing that they had going on and I I thought that was quite a they did a wonderful job with that
0: well you Jasmine in regards to Scarlett Johansson
1: I I put this question like towards sort of the end but like when it comes to Scarlett specifically and and this film like in the broader scope of the MCU this film is too late this film is six years too late We should have had something like this to endear the audience to the character more because for the previous 23 films, Natasha was literally just a like accessory. For so long, she was was there as like a support role. She was a support character. And I I loved her like, because I, I always kind of like, she was always mysterious. She never quite knew the backstory. And also for the longest time, you never quite knew if she was good or bad. And this story to me, i call it a middling marvel movie overall but the way that this story talks about women and how women are abused from such a young age and how that carries into everything else that they do i was shocked shocked at how well this movie told that story specifically um how it told like her quiet rage as natasha and all the things that she had that happened to her and I, I say that this movie is too late because they tried to force that scene in age voltron with her having the heart to heart with uh bruce banner and it was just kind of like you got a tiny peek at the horrible things that that happened to her including you know having her re- entire reproductive system removed like but it didn't have the impact that i thought that I think that they thought it would have because it was like, we don't up to this point, like we don't have this attachment to this character. So yes, this awful thing happened to her, but like in the grand scheme of things, no one gives a shit because we don't really know enough about her to care, right? So I just feel like that, that was a really great piece to put in. And I think it is something that is important for her backstory and for her character, but to tell the whole story this late in the game, especially coming after she died in endgame, Hmm. it is ridiculous and doesn't make sense because it's like, well now, like we can we feel her pain and we see the steps that got her to the person that she is, but now it doesn't fucking matter now because like we're Hmm. not gonna get to see anything else about her. So you have to retroactively go back and like rewatch all of the films that supposedly took place after this one to kind of get appreciate into the journey, yeah, yeah to appreciate the journey and i think that that's a really kind of shitty way to do it like if if this movie wasn't going to be that heavy then it could have been a totally different experience it could have just been like a look everybody knows that she's already dead but here enjoy this movie have fun with it fine uh-huh. but like don't give us this really well done sentimental story about literally like an and orphan surviving abuse and just this awful brainwashing and all of these things only to be like well that was great bye I mean it yeah, just, I, know.
0: Yeah. I think when that- I was watching it I was thought the danger element of I know it's unlikely in a Marvel movie to kill off the main character in their own film but I thought when she's jumping off things and you know she's falling to her death you know when she grabs the parachute later on in the film um I was like i know she's gonna live Like <laughs> so i know i know and uh, you know i know it's very unlikely they'd kill her off in her own film but i do agree this film should have been released around the time captain america um uh what was it there was the very least after
1: civil war but yeah it yeah. should have sorry, really come war, after sorry. winter soldier
0: civil sorry civil war sorry because yeah. it was set in between the end of civil war wasn't it so yeah. Yeah, but so I would have been, you know, I would have been happy if this had followed Civil War, and you know, she got to, you got to see her walk up to the plane. Yes, okay, that would have made made having a changing the mid credit sequence and getting getting rid of that and putting a different mid credit sequence in. Uh, I do think they should have had that a lot earlier on because then it would have had a lot more of her development before her death. So I remember when her death happened in Endgame, I I didn't know. I think we didn't know too much about what the Black Widow film was going to be about. So when I knew that the when she died in Endgame, and I heard about the Black Widow film, I thought, well, I assume she's going to come back. Then I didn't, I didn't assume, I didn't realize it was like set earlier on. I think when I yeah. had heard about the movie, so I thought, well, okay, somehow she's going to survive, and somehow we're, and even in Endgame, I was like, nah, she's not dead, lie, because yeah. I know that because <laughs> I know there's a film coming. But right. now in the yeah. film, I, in terms of seeing the young uh, Natasha Romanoff, and then the adult one so the first sort of 15 20 minutes of the movie was like watching an episode of the americans i don't know if you guys have ever watched yes. the americans yep. and, um i love the americans um i mean you know that was kind of a nicer version of all of this and at least their kids did get left behind and not brought into the into that world um but with this when it was quite heartbreaking seeing young natasha and elena elena um you know, getting taken into the red room and, and actually seeing young Natasha just, you know, saying, you know, she's only six. And I was like, oh man, like yeah. I've, got se- I've got a seven-year-old and uh, an 11-year-old and like my heart did go a little bit then. I was like, I couldn't imagine ever just handing over your young child into this this program where, like you said, they take out their organs and they and essentially put them through a, bra- a massive brainwashing mm-hmm. thing, you know. And what was great was throughout this, so seeing Natasha revisit, you know things like how she defected and you know some flashbacks and apparently um it was Clint Barton's voice on the phone when you see the um uh when she's outside when she can see um I forgotten what his name is uh and his Mm -hmm. daughter so that he's uncredited in the movie but it was actually his voice which is kind of nice and what was nice as well is like the little winks and nods to this whole um mission that Hawkeye and Natasha had that they you never see and will never see and I'm sort of disappointed that it's kind of a one solo movie considering Thor's getting his fourth movie there's going to be a fourth Captain America movie and Iron Man got three movies and Natasha was a guest star in nine other movies and Mm -hmm. finally gets her own movie and I know there's been a lot of talk as well about her sexualization in those first few movies if you think about was it Tony Stark googling images of her in Iron Man Mm 2 I don't think they'd let things like that happen now I think that would well I mean hopefully not so (laughs) um but I I I did enjoy watching her her growth throughout this movie and seeing her seeing her family again but I know you touched on Elena a minute ago but I actually really enjoyed the dynamic between the two sisters I thought it was really well done because it was kind of like a handover film but also a solo film at the same time Mm -hmm. so I think they didn't neither one of them tried to over uh sort of outstage the other i thought that d- dynamic between the both of them was handled really well and it does make me really keen to see more of elena and i thought that florence pugh played played elena really well oh, and yeah. um, the humor between them all was done really well i i, I love the really sort of the po- yeah. pose comments oh were, my god that yes. was, was so good <laughs> um, so I, what, what, my
1: favorite elena scene though was at the when they finally get to molina's house with with the pigs and they're all sitting at the table and and the three of like uh you know Natasha and Milena and uh Alexi are all arguing and Yelena is literally like it was real to anything. me like it was oh. real to me and now you're sitting here and none of you give a shit and this really sucks and i thought that that was just like how dare you like how dare this movie keep inserting all of these wonderful actual like human and family dynamics and then it's just like uh, i don't know i like Again, the, I, I enjoyed the movie, but like there were some parts that just stood out so much. And I was like, this doesn't belong here. Like this, this could have been so much better. And I think I probably would have enjoyed the movie more if maybe those were just as middling as everything else. But because I found those scenes to be so impactful, it was just kind of like, I wanted more. Like this, this deserved better. I wanted more of that. Like I can, I can definitely see how this kid who, I mean I I say kid she's probably in her early 20s but you got taken as a kid separated from the only family that you remember um gr- found out that you were brainwashed you woke up from being brainwashed and then you literally had to start all over again like as as trivial as that scene might have felt to a lot of people when they're sitting in the car and she's talking about that vest and she's like, "This is literally the first thing that I've ever bought for myself." I'm I like sitting in the scene. theater and I'm I got tears in my eyes because I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, yes. but that that's what abuse and neglect does to people. Like when someone has given you everything that you've ever had in your entire life and you finally have the freedom to do what you want, like she's like, "I don't." I mean, I, I bought it and it's got pockets and this is amazing and and right, like you love this vest, right? <laughs> and it's just like. A vest. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being attached to a t-shirt? Like, ah, oh, this is the first t-shirt I've ever bought in my whole life. Like, this is amazing. And everybody else <laughs> is like, it's a fucking t-shirt. Like, who cares?
2: People get that way with their cars, though. Yeah. That they're like, this is the first car I ever bought, or mm-hmm. any kind of like video game system or electronics. Like, people get that way. They're like, I paid for this. This is yep. mine. Like one of my tattoos is really important to me because it was one of the first big things I bought with my money. Mm-hmm. Like And that milestone, I mean, she's very much an adult and to have such like a juvenile milestone right? simply because she's like, I'm no longer being (laughs) perpetually gaslit
3: Yeah, this guy
2: who's controlling my every motion of forcing me to kill and do horrible, horrible things. And and the fact that it was a vest with pockets was just, that just kind of drove home, I think almost kind of the immaturity of it mm-hmm. where she's just like I bought a vest with pockets like how fucking yeah. cool and you're yeah. like
1: sure she's like I don't I'm never going to use know. all these pockets but they're there like they're I'm they're so her. excited like, about this vest um, so I think that was the point of the movie because that's toward like we're getting toward the end of the movie I'd say that's probably like the back third of the film at that point point. Mm. and I think that was the point where it clicked in my mind I was like this sucks like now I'm upset that this is a Marvel film because now I want that real story. I want that story of a family ripped apart, of kids being really confused, of coming out of the brainwashing, of women surviving the abuse that men have placed upon. That's the story that I want. And now it's like I don't give a shit about Black Widow and Shield and Hy- like I don't care about the Marvel part of this film anymore. Like I just want the character story at this point. So I like by the by the time the film was coming to a close, I was I was in a very confused state because i was like oh now i really want the serious like r-rated spy drama that this yeah. should that like this, <laughs> this should, should have, have been. been you had yeah. all of these hints and like so i don't know man kate kate shortland is like on my radar now i know she's done um she's australian and she's done quite a few like nominated things uh in the like short film kind of category but if she can if she can take marvel and make me feel that way about watching I, it's kind of like the way you felt when you watched the first Wonder Woman where it's like I didn't realize that this character had that kind of depth like this is really kind of awesome yeah.
3: mm.
2: so. actually the scene right before the vest conversation where they are kind of bonding again and deciding to go on this um, revenge mission essentially mm-hmm. uh, that scene where ScarJo is just like leaning against the beer bottle and smiling at her. And they're just like, all right, we're still in the car. We saw where they put the keys. I was like, this is the best sister bonding thing. Cause I'm a big (laughs) sister. Like uh, Natasha was, and you know, my, my little sister and I have gone through this, the phases of bonding, right. Where you're just like, you're repulsed with each other. (laughs) You hate Mm -hmm. each other. And then you come back and you're like, okay, now we're going to move together and forward. And so seeing that, I was like, damn, this is such a good sibling in it like genuine sibling interaction mm-hmm. for like estranged siblings who are now coming together, and then having that followed with the best conversation, I was like, "Book, yes! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, look at these sisters go!"
0: <laughs> um, I I I do think the dynamic between y- Elena and uh, Natasha was really like wonderful, and I don't remember seeing anything that Florence has been in before, and I would definitely watch stuff with her again. I think she. She really did. I wouldn't say steal the show. I do think that Scarlett Hansen it still was her show, but I do think Florence became a really interesting second, and I think that was obviously positioned that way because they obviously want to probably keep the character of Black Widow going. I don't know if we'll see further Black Widow films, um, but I think we we what well, we know we're going to see Yelena again because well, you know we'll talk about that later. But so um <clears throat> there's obviously other characters in here so david harbour um who i always think of as stranger things and <laughs> and the failed hellboy movie which i um i'm still not overly keen to watch um so <laughs> ron perlman should have got a third movie so anyway um right, red guardian what what are your what are both your thoughts on red guardian erin you, you you go first
2: he was precious in that kind of <laughs> endearing, goofy uh, sitcom, stupid husband kind of way, you know. Like yeah. just, he was just a super soldier sitcom husband, and um, in a way, I kind of pitied him because he just was now, years later, kind of in love with that fake family idea that he had and mm-hmm. yeah. in prison, and so he, you know, he's a very sentimental. Character that scene between him and Yelena was very um moving, and I i love that he was able to be the punchline with such like enthusiasm for so yeah. many jokes. Uh, he that that character was a nice took the edge off quite nicely from the severity of that. He's just,
0: I thought that scene you're talking about with him and Yelena where he where she was upset because you we, we talked about a minute ago, she got upset about. I thought this was real, but to you, like it wasn't. And she goes off crying and he goes in and he realizes what he's done. Um, and cause he, cause he did keep saying about, Oh, it was just a mission and it was so boring and blah, blah, blah. Cause he, cause he loved being red guardian. And obviously we haven't seen any of it, but I imagine it was a bit like a sort of a captain America type thing where he was in his costume a lot of the time in Russia doing something else. And, and I know there's been talk online about, that this or the 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 russians version of the avengers and stuff like that and you know we'll we'll probably hear more about that if they decide to put but i think we'll see these characters again um but that scene where he does start singing (coughs) american pie and uh and elena does start sort of (coughs) laughing through those tears i did think that was kind of you know when you said about you sort of I guess revisiting that family idea maybe it is a little bit of spending 20 years in prison thinking actually do you know what we had a good thing in America like we we probably had an opportunity to bring up some kids and I've been sitting in a prison cell with a load of hairy men and doing arm wrestling but actually I could have been living a nice life because they probably could have all defected and probably you know um Brought up the children nicely. Um, had they have done a deal with the Americans, they probably could have kept their their life. You know, they may have done a little bit yeah. of prison time, but it wouldn't have been anything on that level. So.
2: He also, and they they didn't really dive into this, but he was also the character who represented being, you know, someone who was just infatuated with the propaganda
3: mm-hmm. of
2: their mission, and then being betrayed and being forgotten sure that was more of a blow to his ego but that growth that he had to do of like being reconnected with his family and being like yes I'm so proud of you for completing your mission but also like this dude is a piece of shit (laughs) like
3: yeah you
2: know he, he represents kind of this complex character I think who benefited from a lot of the evils that were perpetuated um like the brainwashing and things like that Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yet like our captain america inevitably decided to fight against it he was just much more of a goofball yeah (laughs) um Steve Rogers ever was. So, I, I
0: love the yeah. moment where he's walking out the um the helicopter and he he's like all oh, serious, um, going to Natasha, I need to talk to you for a minute, I need to talk to you. And like he's very serious and like, I need to ask you a question. And she steps back like, Okay, okay, sure, yeah. Like, what was it? Did he talk about me? Like <laughs> She's like, sorry, who did who talk about you? Did, did, you know, did he talk about me? And again, like who, Captain America? Did he talk about me? He's like, yeah, he's we like, could,
1: we, we weren't really enemies; we were more like colleagues, contemporaries, like, contemporary. On, contemporary I... like,
0: and then she's like, she just flips it, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> you haven't seen us for twenty years, and the first thing you want to talk about is you. Yeah. Like, and I, but so, I did love that whole thing, and that that, that kind was of summarized such a him.
2: Nude line. I have no idea if that was ad libbed or not, but if that was written into the script they did such a wonderful job doing that because even as a viewer i was like who the hell are you talking about Mm -hmm. like (laughs) who's talking about you like are you talking about markov she doesn't know she hasn't talked to markov and then when she's like captain america even i was like oh fuck off dude.'
1: (laughs) (laughs) just to show how like twisted he was and like ignorance is not really like an excuse for all of the things that i'm sure the terrible things that you did but when he was like why are we so sad like you guys are the best. You, you're an Avenger, and you, you were the best child of the Widow's killer. ever. Yeah, had. And everybody, yeah. and they're both like, "That is, this is not, no, that, that's yeah. not happening." He was he's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> he was like, "I'm so proud of my girls." Blah, blah, yeah. blah. and I love that he starts hugging him, and I thought it was great that like Elena pushed him away, going, "Can you get off me? You really smell." A lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a
2: good family movie. It was like, it was kind of like Deadpool 2. but. <laughs> Like not R rated, you
3: know, it's just a step (laughs) down. But
0: I think it would have been. I think it was a good family movie. Like it was a good family movie dynamic on the screen. Like as you could sit with a family as well. But like it was a good family dynamic and I think the dynamic between all of them are really good and again it's just such a shame we're not going to see Scarlett Johansson with them or well like I mean you never know it's comics you know but um, I'm sure if they drop a couple more zeros on her paycheck I'm sure Scarlett Johansson would come back so um, anyway so obviously there's a lot of other characters in there Um, what did you actually think of the Taskmaster so there's been a lot of talk on the internet about the reveal of this being Antonia rather than uh, in the comics, Taskmaster is a man and not everybody seemed to be that uh, happy about it. For me watching it, I thought it was a good twist that uh, Dr- uh, Dracov's child was still alive because they'd highlighted that earlier. Um, and obviously that was something that Scarlett Hansen had to recognize, or Natasha had to recognize within her own character, that she was so desperate to get out from russia and and join america that she was willing to even kill a child so that child now being alive i think there was obviously a part of her that was relieved um but also wanted to make sure that she could save that child Mm -hmm. so i thought it was a good twist that scully hansen had a bit of redemption with that but um i didn't really care that it wasn't comic book accurate i thought it fitted in well with this this movie like yeah again what, what do you guys think
2: Jasmine, I'm gonna let you take take this one because I think I'm gonna 100% agree with you. Well,
1: I when they first released that one poster of Taskmaster, I was like, "Fuck y'all, Taskmaster is a woman." Bet I bet you Taskmaster is a woman. That was the first thing I said. Now I thought Taskmaster was gonna be Molina. Yeah, so I did as well, when,
3: Yeah,
1: and I honestly like they did her makeup so I did not recognize Olga Kirilenko and I fucking love Olga Kirilenko let me tell you if you have never watched Magic City she is phenomenal in that series It's three seasons on stars anyway Magic City Olga Kirilenko she's fantastic so like the whole like at the I'm sitting there watching the end credits and it was like Olga Kirilenko the hell she wasn't in this movie <laughs> i was so confused <laughs> i did love the reveal though because i felt like i was right even though like i was wrong i had the wrong person but i was like i'm 100 convinced like nobody can tell me otherwise taskmaster is a woman and that's that's just how i'm gonna go into this and my mom kept saying that's not a woman like that's a man i was like oh hundred percent there's a man in that suit because that's he he definitely walks like a man like whoever's under that hood and on that film set is a man but that is a woman like taskmaster is a woman um so i loved the reveal and the fact that it was his daughter and like that one scene where you could see him putting that chip in the back of her neck and i was just like oh god what have you what like what have you done to this person that is under there i can't even imagine what that person's going to look like when they take that hood off um and it was kind of in that regard it was kind of worse than I thought it would be because it was like you did that to your own kid you're I mean we already know that you treat women really poorly but damn like your that, own daughter yeah really
2: really highlighted him as such a horrid yeah villain and I I think had they kept Taskmaster as a man, it would have undermined and taken away any kind of impact from the
0: story. Like, yeah, because we've all been saying throughout the movie just how yeah. horrendous they've yeah. treated women. Yeah, and that was like the nail in the coffin. That right, he exactly. Just, he, that drove he, me he, home. Yeah, yeah. yeah he don't care what woman he needs to throw under the bus like as long as his program oh is God. like um as long as the program that he's running survives and that seems to be all he cared about like even at the end when he highlighted all the, the black widow women i know we've jumped into talking about drake off now but even the the women that he highlighted yeah you know, basically he, he did say the world's full of girls basically and like there is no girl that's disposable yeah. to him he so. said
2: like the number one excess or the number one resource we have too much of
1: i think yeah I and he said all he and- does is pick up the trash and I was like, oh, I would kill yes. but, <laughs> If uh, I could find
0: that guy. Yeah. I...
1: And how egotistical, like you even built in a yeah. protocol that is based on pheromones. Like, yeah, yeah. you know that you're doing these awful things to these women and you've protected yourself by making it so like on a subconscious level, they can't fight back. Like you're just, it's like a horrible, like seven layer dip. Like every layer yeah. is worse than the one below it
2: they're all olives if you love olives they're all cilantro (laughs) i don't know no i i thought um taskmaster's line at the end though when she was um taken out Mm -hmm. where she you just hear her say is he gone or is he dead i was like oh fuck of course she forgives natasha of course because she was then tortured by him for right. decades like I well, almost wanted to have been better like,
1: to just die if you end up like a pawn for for the your yeah. whole life like that like good grief
2: it also makes you wonder what would have happened had she not been injured and needed to be like recycled or whatever into something new however he would have thought about it but oh, like,
1: I'm sure she would have been the Molina like she would have been the head widow for sure that, yeah. that would be my guess
0: yeah I I was going to say we're talking about Drakeoff. I honestly struggled with Ray Winston. Um, I mean, you couldn't find a more cockney.
3: <laughs>
0: you know, this guy was born in Hackney. You know, he he. Whenever I see him on TV, he, he's like the most cockney sort of gangster <laughs> thug type guy. Like he should just perpetually you know,
1: be in Guy Ritchie films.
0: Well, yeah, he should. Yeah, that. that I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying that he shouldn't only be stereotyped. But I did think this, and this did apply to many people in this. Could they not find any actual Russians to be like, you know, like,
2: hey? I thought that too. Just bad. But, but his <laughs> Russian, Russian accent, accent, I did
0: think, was terrible. Did like, uh, try one. Like, yeah, he, he like, sort of gave it a good go. It was sort okay. of through, it was through sort of cock, cockney, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, rhyming and slang. And, um, like, so, it came I mean, off so
2: like, Matt, like bad mafia mob boss kind of, yeah, to me, it but was I was a, just like, all right, you're Italian and you came over to Russia. I don't, I don't fucking yeah. know, and like, you
1: changed your name to fit in. Sure, okay, yeah. it was almost like, like, like he grew up in the it was
0: like he grew up in London and then at 20 years old, they said we're going to send you to Russia Um, we've got some work for you and then he's like I've joined this program now I love it you know (laughs) um, and over the years he's picked up some Russian accent that's probably it and then he's like Like you know what yeah, yeah. Like, uh, do you know what? I'm actually gonna change my name, like, you know, to to fit in with to Drakeoff. To fit, you know, his name was probably Dave, like, originally, and he like he moved David. To... Honestly, like, for me, he's a
2: Russaboo in t- instead of a Weaboo. He's just sort of like a Russia boo or whatever, like a Russian <laughs> nerd fan. He's like, I'm totally, I've been Russian the entire time. Yeah,
0: <sighs> but yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, maybe he should just stick to. uh by Richie movies, like no, no I mean, like I know he, he, I know he's been in lots of American things like The Departed and stuff like that. But again, Departed is pretty much a gangster film. Yes. Um. So, I mean, sometimes you just need to stick with what you're good at. Like, you know,
1: wasn't he in Beowulf?
0: Yeah, he was in Beowulf as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, he. I can't remember Beowulf. It was a long time ago. Oh um, man, that CGI but...
1: version was terrible. If you're looking for a good Beowulf film, Thirteen Warriors with Antonio Banderas is actually pretty good.
0: Well, anyway, but Ray Winston, really? I, I do I do like Ray Winston, but he it, I just think he wasn't a great Dracov. Like, I I would much rather they'd have found somebody You know who
1: would have been perfect as Dracov? Martin Suskus. He was in um the Equalizer as the bad Ukrainian guy that the Russians oh, intended to I know yes. you're talking about. Martin Sovsk. Yeah. He is fucking fantastic. I love him.
3: Um if
1: I ever write a villain story, he is going to be the villain in my story because he is just such a perfect villain. I'm sorry. He's probably played good guys at some point. Uh I don't know those characters though. He I only ever know him as a villain.
0: Do you know, I've just looked him up I recognize him now like yeah he, he oh, was in triple X <laughs> but he well I mean he's from New Zealand, but he was uh he was definitely a better villain in the equalizer so yeah. um i yeah i'd pro- I don't look you know I know he portrayed the characteristics well of a just creepy horrible nasty piece of work mm-hmm. but I still felt it was london gangster put in charge of some russian program <laughs> I, I for me it was that was disjointing watching him so i i don't want to look bang Mark, on Ray Winston, he got sent over I... there from
1: the english government on a visa it was a yeah. joint program okay they're trying to up ties you know it's like a hydra sort of shield crossover yeah.
0: so and then they said to him you've got to change your name from dave and he's when we drake off uh he was called david smith that was it he was born <laughs> he was born in uh, east london david smith went on a uh a sabbatical transfer. that never came back yeah he never came back he <laughs> defected to russia and he became drake that's probably about the best way we're gonna be able to make this work sorry i've really uh i've written a backstory for drake like, you know, it's like continent
2: post-college yeah. yeah hiking backpacking trip yeah and yeah he went bad- over there trip that never ends
0: he went over there in his 20s and was like Do you know what i like russia yeah so i'm gonna stay
2: his girlfriend uh, um, broke up with him on, on the way and of then course like, fuck all women
0: yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah this is actually a really you know i'm really glad that we've dove into <laughs> the backstory here <laughs> like so um obviously there's quite a lot of other characters in there just talk about melina rachel wise the head black widow really for me it was so weird to see her dressed up as black widow i kind of didn't really feel that she needed to be in costume it was quite happy with her just being scientist um for me she'll always be the mummy uh, not the actual mummy but in the mummy Evie. and um but I, I i thought she was good i thought actually do you know what i really liked um again this again this family dynamic i love the between her and um Guardian. she's like you got fat but you're still good like that's my <laughs> attempt at a russian accent there you go like um but i was like i love that line and i by by, i actually didn't think it was nice how she kind of did take on that mother sort of role, like even though it had been 20 years later. And I think, again, her, she probably didn't really want that to end. And the fact that she kept the, the photo album um, as well. So I, I think, although she did work for the programme and admittedly has done a lot wrong and, and was really, she was a coward. She did all these things knowing that they were abusing women as long as she was living her nice little life on a farm undisturbed. She was quite happy to go. I mean, obviously, when her two sort of daughters rock up, it kind of rang home a little bit when Elena said, Who do you think they're doing this to? But I mean, she knew she knew who these they were doing it to. She just didn't want to know. Like, so I think Melina, I kind of she was a bit redeemed herself at the end, but it's a shame it took 20 years to get there. She could have yeah. stepped up a lot sooner and saved a lot of these girls. But she chose not to because she was living a nice life. But I mean I think her character is probably pretty despicable in that regard, but I'm kind of glad that she kind of brought it to a close and kind of went through that redemption arc right at the very end. So.
1: I like that they made her that ambiguous character. Like, she was she good? Was she bad? It was very sort of... If anyone stuck to the mission, she did. Like, mm. she, she played her part and she played it so well, but I think it just goes to show that she was swayed in the end by an actual human connection versus orders on a paper orders on screen. So, um, I, I, I'm not always a fan of redemption arcs. Uh, do I think that she should have like died on the station or whatever? No. But do I think that she should have been able to ride off on the helicopter with everybody else? No. Um, but again, I, I, I like that they have the dynamic of, sort of this ambiguously good bad woman like versus oh she has to do all of these things and she has to do like she fully acknowledged like I fucked up like look I called them they're going to be here real soon and you know we can either do this or you know they can take you like we mm-hmm. got to figure something out um, so I, I did like that about her and even at the very end when she kind of got kicked out of the system when they when the whole plan kind of went awry she was like uh all right fine we're moving on to plan b um so i I appreciate the characters that don't like get hysterical i think because that's like one of my least favorite characters in all forms of media is just like the hysterical woman like oh god like what are we gonna do like i'm locked (laughs) out of the system i don't know where this is going
3: yeah
2: make a really bad joke she physically couldn't since hysteria was the diagnosis where where your uterus just goes (laughs) through the body so um on that note anyway uh so the melina natasha dynamic i actually really like the family dynamic i love from the beginning when Mm -hmm. she looks at her from across the dining table and just says i'm sorry yeah you know like knowing like, she knew Natasha didn't want to go back. She knew
3: mm-hmm.
2: what they were going back to. And when um, Alexi and her around the corner and he like strokes her face and was like, it's time to go. And she's like, oh no, what? And it like, it definitely hinted to, you know, the greater dissatisfaction with the mission. And she was kind of like her and Natasha were just kind of this Id- idyllic and not really fleshed out I almost want to say allegory for intergenerational trauma
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and like she was inadvertently teaching her morals that created a better and more like resilient following generation with the whole like you taught me that what hurts us makes us stronger or whatever and so um it was empowering in turn then for her to hear that from her daughter and be like oh shit I I did this like I can actually get out of this too. And it wasn't, you know, it's not a perfect metaphor, but it was still just like, that was the vibe I got from it is I'm also a victim of this system. I am perpetuating that, but I have grown you in such a way and raised you in such a way that you're resisting. And that is the catalyst for my resistance and change. So I I, that's what I like wanted to read into it. Other than that, I, I thought, again, she had that really great, like, stereotypical Russian attitude about family where it's like, this is all just concrete and life sucks, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is what we want <laughs> in American media. Um, but she did commit to that mother role and, like, her and Alexi just clicked again with that, like, strange mm-hmm. lover thing and I was like, they have such chemistry. All of them have such chemistry.
1: Yeah, but that whole, like, art goes into the the that's the r-rated spy movie that i want versus this is not the marvel film that i want
0: yeah we will talk about a, it in a minute we, yeah, a couple, yeah we'll talk about the structure in a minute but um i know there we sort of i guess we're talking about now really but we, there was a lot of characters in this there was um we'll kind of leave it there in terms of going through each individual character i did think it was quite nice that william hurt showed up here and there i know he didn't really get any character development other than just being the same asshole he always is Yeah, general ross showing up whatever you know i'm just still hoping that we can have more hulk eventually and him and them two going up against each other i know marvel will never do another hulk film but um not while universal have got the uh distribution rights so um anyway the structure of the movie i it, it was kind of broken up into several parts and the part that i was most surprised about at the beginning was the children and seeing them cycling through the streets and kind of well natasha actually showing her cycling through the streets and and also the the fact that they made the choice of the hair color dyeing her green i know that seems really small to mention that but it's kind of was about her I think having a bit of her own choice during a life that really has never been her choice um, from literally from the moment she's been born there's nothing that she's ever really chosen about her life I know she chose to defect but then even then she's been working for the American government I'm sure she'd probably probably quite like to have had a day off She probably I don't think she's ever had a day off and I mean although she stood up for her opinions and her rights here and there when she backed Captain America she's always really been in battle and one of the things you've seen over these sort of nine movies is her change of her hair color and uh, that's just her kind of I think having a little bit of say in her life and as a child just having green hair was just her knowing that she was on a mission but actually I'm gonna do a little bit of me time and you know and I thought it was quite nice seeing the the young children at the beginning you know, the children sort of the dynamic between them and and I liked the little whistling thing that they did and I know they use that later on and um but I love that first 15-20 minutes of the movie which was like an America of the Americans and I was really surprised that the Black Widow actually did this especially in the moments of the transition as the title ty- sort of as the credits were kind of coming up and you're seeing the kids getting taken from from them and put into storage containers and and I was like this is actually quite Dark for a Black Widow film, and and then and then obviously we then jump into modern times with, with Elena, uh, and it kind of then becomes like to me it felt like a Civil War or Winter Soldier type movie, and it kind of fitted in quite well with that, uh, and it kind of then began what I felt was more of a normal Marvel Disney comedy action film. um So I just I think the structure was kind of broke up into I guess two halves, although the first half was 10-15 sort of minutes, which was could have been almost like its own series just, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, I think you said you kind of wanted the R-rated spy movie and it kind of, that's how it started and, and then it kind of split into the, into the normal Disney-fied movie but um, what did you guys think about just, I guess, the structure and the tone then throughout the movie?
2: I thought that first part that you mentioned did create a really jarring transition mm-hmm. yeah. and it uh, but I I thought it was a great framing device for the plot. Like I thought that really drove the idea in f- that it was going to be a movie about family, mm-hmm. those connections.
1: I think if my my thoughts on on the movie, like I said, it feels like two films in one. But where that all kind of came together, the the scene when they finally get Alexia out of the prison. And Yelena's being really cold to him and he said, what is wrong with you? Is it that time of the month? And she's like, I don't get my period, you idiot. And she's <laughs> like, I don't have any reproductive organs. And she like starts gesturing. She's like, they reached in there and they just ripped it out. And then like she goes on this very descript spiel about fallopian tubes and over and, like it just goes all in on the reproductive system. And Alexia is sitting in the back of the helicopter like, oh my God, stop. Please stop talking about this. And I thought that that entire sequence is like, yep, that's that's this is exactly the kind of movie that this is. It's like women just telling you about something that has happened and you take it like, oh God, that's way too, that's don't talk about women things. Don't talk mm. about the female feminine things. Like that's horrible. Don't do that. Um, so that, that's kind of like how I feel about this film. Like the the Marvel part of it it just got to the point where the actual story that they were trying to tell was so good that I didn't care about the big picture. And that's usually rare for me because I think Marvel has done so well to connect everything that they've done. Um, so for me to be watching a Marvel film and to not care about any of the connections whatsoever, uh, it was, it was a really kind of jarring experience watching the film. Cause I think at one point I kind of like jumped in my seat and I was like, actually I forgot i was in a movie theater for a second like <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i i on the one hand i i loved the actual story but then on the other hand like the overarching big picture thing i just i did not I is, there, enjoy it as much. is there anything
0: that you guys would cut or change at all
1: actually
2: kind of to go off of what jasmine was saying oh. somebody i know was like oh that ending scene was great because they explained why she was blonde in the next movie and i was like who gives a shit i don't give a shit (laughs) like (laughs) she could dye her hair of course whatever she bought a wig who cares yeah yeah like well that connects how she got to it i'm like does it matter she's a super spy like do we have to answer these questions um so i think that kind of like I got to go fix my other family. It was like, who gives a shit? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, we know what's going to happen, girl. We don't need you to connect these dots. Like, yeah.
0: But yeah, her going yeah. into the Avengers. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I so. Guess that
2: was the only thing I would have.
0: That's probably what you would have okay. cut out was that yeah. bit heading off into, um, well, it's heading into um, Infinity War, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's heading into her rescuing. Um, getting people, the people off of the, you know, the prison island. War. Yeah, the yeah. Civil War. But then obviously mm-hmm. she had that at the beginning of. Um, uh infinity war as well but yeah it was basically heading into those last two films so yeah. um yeah what about you just anything you would have cut or edited or anything like that
1: um yeah i would have made two movies i would have made a marvel movie and then i would have made a series movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and like i just i i know i keep harping on that but like it it's shocking like it's shocking to me how good that story like we it's not a new story like if you look at Jason Bourne like the entire Bourne series is pretty much the same thing it's like this guy yeah. doesn't know who he is the government like brainwashes him and doing their dirty deeds and then when he finally starts to realize he's like holy shit I don't want to do this anymore um we have seen this happen and they did I mean like I will be the first to admit like I didn't think Matt Damon had the chops to play that kind of character and then he used to completely surprised me in the the Bourne identity uh-huh. but like the, that kind of film is what this film should have been. But I I would never have said that before this movie came out. Before no, this movie I'll, came I... out, I was expecting a Marvel movie. And after I think... watching the movie, I feel like that's not what I got. I got a spy movie disguised as a Marvel film, when really what would have been much better would have just given me the the spy film.
0: I think you're right. I would say like... That first 15-20 minutes in the the Americans type feel, I would love to like even even like a I don't know, even like give her the trilogy that she should have had, the Captain, you know, Captain America and everyone else got it, and maybe built up to this family dynamic. We could have had actually a film which showed that first 15 minutes with you know um Alexi and Melina and then not shown them again. We could have had that intro of her getting pulled away and then maybe have a film about her you know, as a Russian spy, just literally could be just a Russian spy movie, you know, showing her going through the Red Room. And then the second film could have been about her defection before we got to this. Right. You know, typical Marvel movie. Yeah, they they, they definitely dropped the ball on this. Black Widow. Um, do you know, what? a little bit of me is hoping that they will go back and maybe give us some more. But then do we care now? Because we know she's dead. Like, yeah. unless they unless they bring her back, like, which then makes you want to care a little bit more. But but
1: like if you think about it in the grand scheme of things this is a this is a film about Natasha Romanoff and and her like how she came to be but we don't get any new footage of her younger except for the the beginning of the film that's it Mm. so like we don't have like we we got more flashbacks of her as a widow in uh Age of Ultron than we did in in the actual Black Widow film and now I don't know if that was intentional or like or what but that's so The connecting us to Natasha, that's why it doesn't work here because you're not doing it. Like you've introduced us to the sort of overarching organization that controls the widows. That was really interesting. Um, And you've given us backstory on other missions that they've done. We got to see these other widows in action, but we still don't get any other information on Natasha. If you think about it, like everything that we learn about her is told through someone else oh, I remember when this happened or what about when this happened? And it's like, they, they replay that one flashback that we've already seen before with her, where she's really young, she's got the red hair and she's pointing a gun and she's like in a room with other other kids. Uh, but like, we've seen that footage before, but there's no new footage of Natasha kind of going through the same things that uh, Yelena had gone through.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's why I say Florence Pugh stole the movie is right. because the story was a handoff story for Yelena. Mm-hmm. And by, because by I remember being at the end of the movie thinking, God, we have to have more Yelena. Yes. yes. Mm. Because that was all of the development. Again, that attachment, that growth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was directed towards Yelena. We just got to see the end of Natasha's growth and her reconciling, like not reconciling, reconciling. <laughs> um <laughs> the horror from her life and development but we didn't get to see any of that story we just got to see her in the happy place like I'm now with the Avengers everything's great and then it's like oh you have a dark past haunting you but it's just forgotten family connections and you're like okay Uh, but then you meet the sister and you're like holy shit these are really emotive connections they are important these are impactful yeah and they're impactful because Yelena is still there struggling with them Mm mm-hmm because I know Natasha's dead, uh-huh. so
1: yeah. Which which again, I mean, I guess it's hard to sell like, hey, this is a whole brand new character that we're bringing into the Marvel franchise. So I can understand how it's hard to just introduce them without someone shuttling that along. But again, to, to call this like, oh, this is Black Widow's backstory. No, it's not like this, this, yeah. is, the, this is the Black Widow core backstory but this mm-hmm. is not natasha romanov's backstory this is no. this, this is not it
2: they could have introduced like a variety of widows coming for revenge against clint for killing her like after they have this alluded to um freedom you know this mm-hmm. escaping from the red room and that uh organization like they could have like i almost want to argue that introducing elena before this movie came out and introducing this animosity between her and clint for clint being the survivor and then them going here's the black widow movie showing how natasha had this impact on this group mm-hmm. almost would have been more impactful for me because then i would have been like oh shit okay like now i get like why was Yelena mad why were, are these other widows like if they bring in the other widows like also kind of like fuck you clint
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know
2: it's it's because Natasha was their hero at the end. Like yeah. she was an accessory for all the Avengers, but then she actually did something for these women who were being tortured uh, across the world. So, yeah.
1: Which I guess if you look at it that way, like what you just said in the, in the grand scheme of things, and she basically played the role she's always played where she was the background character, but she was the background character that's sort of like the Velcro that is holding the group together um mm-hmm. and then they kind of set this movie up for Yelena to be the sort of spear that is driving the the force behind or the force in front of the rest of the widows
0: yeah um let's mm-hmm. kind of talk about the end actually like I know I know production CGI it was a wonderful brilliant. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's there's great. any criticisms Fantastic. there <laughs> I don't think we really need to go into any sort of detail there I mean it's just it was an amazing visually to watch I think it was handled really well I mean anyone got any thoughts on you know, other than I thought it was done well
2: I, okay there were a couple scenes where I was like really <laughs> like they maybe stumbled a little bit and it would you know it would almost take me out of the film and then it would be immediately followed by a really good scene I was like oh, okay you got me back on but there are a couple <laughs> times where I was like come on like you have you pay enough money that like you could have fudged that a little bit more and then it would pick itself up and keep going so i was like okay good job um
1: <laughs> way to recover yeah you know,
2: like you did it team um team. i guess those are my only thoughts it was really really done well but there are a couple times where i was like okay
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I, We we we're gonna um We're recording this on a Friday. We're going to jump on someone's YouTube later and talk about Fifth Element. And um, there's a scene where Bruce Willis is in the ship and he's leaving the spaceship. And you can see how shit the CGI is, like the the green screen. That movie did not age well at all. (laughs) And um, anyway, but this, you could see how far technology's come, you know, the explosions in this and everything like that. I mean, the the scene at the very end where Natasha and Yelena are standing in front of a wrecked, sort of russian heli carrier and all of it's all rubble and you can see the sun in the background i thought to myself i bet you any money they're in a warehouse with a green screen and I oh mean, yeah and that, they and that, filmed that, that
1: in atlanta like, like they thought, all the other movies yeah
0: well like, and i well, obviously i know there's no real wreckage but like i thought they i bet they didn't even film that in front of the sun i thought i bet you any money all of that background is made up mm-hmm. but i thought it did look really good so they they spent it was it was money well spent i wouldn't say I could criticise criticize anything about set design, production, I think the location, everything was done really well so. well. so we'll sort of talk about the end of the movie. We kind of, you know, we, we talked about a minute ago with the blonde hair and she's heading off to rescue Ant-Man and Hawkeye and all that kind of shit. And then we know that they will, Hawkeye will end up on... on um where he's got the little thing around his ankle, the little alarm thing, and he ends up at home and he misses Infinity War and becomes Ronan. And um, so we kind of know where all of that's going. But the team, it ends, sorry, the team, it ends with a a mid-credit sequence with Valentina, who we've already met during Winter Soldier and um, Captain America. And I know I've heard some people go, oh, this kind of ruins it a little bit because this scene was meant to come first. I don't think it really matters which way you view the, the scenes. I don't think Yelena... Uh, sorry Valentina sorry I don't think Valentina is suddenly revealing stuff in this scene that would have come out in Winter Soldier or vice versa we obviously we don't really get to know her too much other than the fact that Yelena's working for her so other than that I've no idea who who Valentina is I just well, thought but I re- think it
1: I don't think it would have had an impact at all if if this had come before Winter Soldier I think people literally would have been like who the fuck is that like yeah who is this
0: woman well i, well, I was like I, when i want to be honest it, watching either one of them I'm, I'm still who the fuck is that like yeah. you know we don't we don't know who she is like but i'm assuming that it's going to be something that we're going to find out more about it's a new mystery they're setting up which good on them you know we need to move past thanos and yes. stuff like that so you know is, is she trying. building is she building her own avengers you know is u.s agent um elena's black widow gonna her, be in, her
1: anti-avengers yeah, I mean,
0: is this leading to some sort of Marvel Is she universe? going to be
1: Lady Hydra? Hmm.
0: Well, yeah, maybe. Well, what I was wondering was, is this leading to a MCU version of the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or something like that? And, um, you know, I, I was a huge Thunderbolts fan. I don't know if they're going to be able to, how they would interpret it. You know, I'd love it if there wasn't actually a proper Thunderbolts movie, you know, with with can uh, CSMV and all the rest of it. But um... I think
1: it'd be good though for for MCU to get back to foes that are beatable as opposed mm. to like fighting these galactic threats. Like leave the space stuff with the Guardians with Captain Marvel. And if you're gonna do these other films, like keep keep them to the point where it's like it's just it's not as fun when you're fighting this character that it's like oh well you know I snap my fingers and half the world disappears like that fucking sucks I mean just like (laughs) can we get back to just people fighting people like I I think but that's where the dynamic of a really good villain comes in and if they do go that route with Julie 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 Louis-Dreyfus like I think she has played this really like anonymous sort of shadowy character so well and the nonchalance that she just like honestly my favorite line in the entire film was when she blows her nose and she's like i'm allergic to the midwest i about (laughs) died in my chair like i was like really like she you can see that she is clearly like visiting her dead sister's grave and like you have the nerve to just sit here blow your nose like you're so inconvenienced like i love this bitch i love her
2: (laughs) yeah i really enjoyed when um Yelena was like, I want to raise. And she's like, Oh, you and me both. Like,
1: (laughs) forever the the bureaucrat.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, Damn it.
0: So I (laughs) want you, I I kind of want to know, like, what's happened from where we last saw Yelena with the other widows to getting here, which I'm, I'm sure is going to be explored. So I don't know if you guys know that Yelena is going to be in the Hawkeye TV series. So I think it is a good follow up that you see her hand in the Hawkeye picture and said, That's who killed your sister. And then I was like, What? Like and so you know that? I immediately, How, who, who I immediately went, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Red Skull? So like, you know, I don't, I doubt he came to earth. Oh. So yeah, I think she's using this to her advantage though. Of I think course she is. Yeah.
3: There's
0: obviously some higher agenda here. So it says on, I mean, I don't know, it says on IMDB, she's in every episode of the Hawkeye TV series. So is she one, of, is she kind of the villain of the Hawkeye TV series? Like, which, mm. Would be which would be a cool take on things. It probably would be villain to a point and then joins Hawkeye, I would imagine, towards the end. but I yeah.
1: hope not. I hope not. It's
0: Marvel. Uh,
1: yeah, well, but I can still hope, okay? I can hope. I hope not. I don't think she's going to kill
0: Hawkeye. I don't think that's where we're going. So No,
1: I don't think it's going there, but I definitely don't want them to be buddy-buddy either.
0: No, no. Right. But anyway, so overall love the film um i know we've critiqued it a little bit but what would you rate it erin uh out of five
1: out of five i was like oh, out of five you know. out of five
0: yeah sorry sorry, sorry. Um, she clarified that
2: probably like a three three and a half out of five you know um
1: i guess that's all i got
0: that's all right. yeah ja- that's jasmine
1: uh, I'd probably go three. Like If if I could split this into the two movies, it should have been. The Marvel film itself would get a two and a half and the spy film would probably get a four and a half. But as it stands, three. I'd give it a three.
0: I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'd like to give it a four, please. <laughs> 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 please don't, Mark, please don't kill me. I know that, uh, um, anyway, please join us next episode for our 60th episode as we'll be joined by our semi-regular co-host, Stephen, to tackle season one of Loki.
1: And don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our seventh Late to the Party Book Club episode was They Call This Enemy by George Takei, Justin Eisinger, and Steve Scott with art by Harmony Becker. That episode dropped at the end of May. And uh, we took the month of June off, but we're back for July where we're going to be covering the killing joke.
0: Erin, um, where can people find you on social medias?
2: They can mostly find me on Twitter at Girls Talk Comic One. Uh, We do have a Facebook, which is just Girls Talk Comics or Girls Talk Comics LFK. And we are found on most streaming options. So if you could, like, mostly focus your attention on Spotify, that would be divine for our host.
0: (laughs) um and you can equally find us everywhere we're geeks and niche on instagram facebook and twitter
1: and you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so be sure to give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends
0: and have a good week thank you all for listening and thank you erin for joining
1: thank you so much thank you
0: bye